guys, and welcome back to another episode of Food School Smarter, Stronger, Leaner podcast on a mission to change the way the world eats. My name is Angela Sharina. I'm a certified nutritionist, health, nutrition, brain performance, brain productivity coach, and just someone with a lot, a lot of passion and fun and excitement for helping you guys to learn how to use nutrition, environment, and lifestyle as precise tools to feel, look, and do your absolute best. Guys, this morning did not start as usual. I found out that I ran out of coffee, and now I'm drinking peppermint tea. That, by the way, also has a positive effect on your focus, attention, and your memory. So, guys, if you are at any point in the same situation and you don't happen to have coffee um, for your morning rituals, then you can also use peppermint tea if you have that. Uh, That might not give you that kick that some of you might be experiencing to lesser or bigger degree, but it will help you to focus, to pay attention, to be better at memorizing stuff, at learning, and also helps you with digestion too. A lot of antioxidants there as well. Um, And by the way, coffee, caffeine does not affect me that much. Like I wouldn't say I feel that much of a difference or my brain doesn't work without coffee. I usually wake up five before five and I do don't use coffee for like three hours, sometimes four hours, sometimes five five hours, and I don't really feel like I need it. I function really well without coffee, without breakfast. Just you know, some water, some uh, sea salt, some lemon juice for electrolytes, and that's it. That that's all I need. But I do enjoy the flavor of coffee, and maybe it does do something. But, you know, this morning I don't have it, so I'm functioning well without it. Um, Besides coffee, guys, Friday's episode, I wanted to start with um, a couple of announcements. I'm going to be writing a mini ebook for uh, people who work remotely, like a lot of us do this um, days for digital nomads, and it's going to be called something like Remote Made Human and Productive. And it's all about the best tools to design your workspace, your workflow, your nutrition, your lifestyle habits through, again, environment, and also maybe purchasing some tech to make your environment better no matter where in the world you are. So all the Um, tools that I've been talking about, all the tools that are now out and confirmed by good neuroscience and integrative health and nutrition research, I'm going to be assembling it all together in a book specifically designed to help you optimize your workflow, your workspace, um, your brain brain capacity, brain performance to deliver your best work. So that's going to be available um, somewhere around end of April, beginning of May. And because I'm going to be working on this project, I'm not going to be doing podcast Monday to Friday. I'm going to be doing them Saturday and Sunday when I'm going to have a little bit more time. Because besides writing the book, I'm working and uh, approaching a lot of clients and working with existing clients. So um, a lot of different smaller projects. Plus, I'm going to be um, also an educator on another upcoming platform. So stay stay tuned for that and upcoming remote brain productivity classes and masterclasses. So I'm going to announce all of that here too. 
Um, the first one is coming um, first Monday of May. But anyhow, the podcast is going to be out Saturday and Sunday. So that's going to be the change for the next um, couple of weeks uh, when I'm going to be finishing this ebook project that's going to be available on Amazon uh, worldwide or closer to worldwide. And if you read English, you probably do because you're listening to this podcast, obviously, then you'll be able to read and use this book to make any place and space on earth, be that that your house, hotel room, um, on the beaches of Mexico, or I don't know, on in the snow of uh, Switzerland Alps, that apparently um, I look like I'm from there, like a lot of people, not a lot, but quite a few approach me and literally ask if I'm from Alps, and I'm like, yeah, somewhere from there. But anyhow, back to the point, the podcast is going to be released every Saturday, Sunday, um, starting not this Saturday, Sunday, but the week after, guys. So you'll have a chance to catch up on some episodes that I've released. Um, there is a lot of interesting information out there, very, very practical. Um, another announcement, just read um, a cool study. Well, kind of cool. I, I knew about um, this trend, this quality of our our microbiome and our environment, but I just read a really good study in Nature. Um, Nature is one of the most well-respected magazines, research magazines that publish um, a lot of different um, articles, health including. And so they published this study that was done in Dutch people, several generations. I think it, it was like 8,000 people. And they analyzed effects of environment, or uh, people who live with that person, uh, diet, uh, lifestyle. They analyzed all of these different factors uh, on gut microbiome, the effects on gut microbiome. And more than 48, well, about 48% of the gut microbiome peculiarities or um, changes what determines gut microbiome has to do with cohabitant so basically, people we live with, we share our most intimate space, our home. They have a huge uh, impact on our gut microbiome. And uh, I kind of noticed it from my experience a long time ago that people who tend to live together end up um, eating together and kind of um, exposing health similarities. And a lot of it, again, has might have to do with gut microbiome that people start sharing, right? So be careful who you decide to spend your habitat with, right? You might adopt some of their habits without even knowing, not just, you know, nutrition lifestyle, but also character traits. Um, uh, what else? Um, more than seven something thousand different factors were, um, they linked the diet and food uh, with the changes in gut microbiome that there is no surprise, of course. Though also um, socioeconomic status, uh, childhood, um, like what the person is exposed in their childhood also had a great impact. Just something um, interesting for you to think about. You know, your circle of people you surround yourself with, it affects a lot more than you think it does. So be careful with that, guys. If some people, for some reason, do not expose the qualities and traits that you'd like to develop in yourself, even health traits, then maybe you start. You need to start designing your social circle and surrounding a little bit more consciously um, instead of just 
you know, going with the flow of whatever comes your way. And um, another thing that I would like to share, the last one thing, the last thing for today, I'm very excited about that, actually. Another article came out, um, written by uh, yours truly, Angela Sharina, uh, entrepreneur.com. If you Google entrepreneur Angela Sharina and chocolate for breakfast, you'll find this article. I'm also going to link it in the show notes. So I'm going to read to you this short article And it's all about chocolate and why chocolate is so awesome for your productivity and focus and creativity. So the title of the article, want to improve your creativity and focus? Try eating chocolate for breakfast. Subtitle, how I use chocolate to get into flow states on demand. Reading, shoot, I've run out of chocolate. I'm writing my flow article today. I need to replenish my supply ACAP. That's how my Sunday morning started at 5 a.m. Why chocolate? For writing. I'm a brain coach, brain nutritionist, brain performance, brain productivity expert who facilitates focus, attention, and creativity, motivation, drive, and flow states of mind to help my clients to get into the zone. The zone where we lose track of time and do our best work, where we deliver our best results, and where we have a much bigger chance of coming up with world-changing innovations that will be known for generations into the future. Most people aren't aware of the fact that any state of mind, flow state or panic attack, has biochemical, brain chemical signatures. We have certain molecules circulating in our brain and our blood in any of the mental states we experience. The coolest part, we can modulate those circulating chemicals through nutrition, lifestyle, environment, and behavior. So basically, till this point, guys, you learn that any mental state, positive or negative, is a bunch of brain chemicals circulating in our brain, in our blood, that define that state. And we can change those molecules by changing what we eat, our lifestyle, um, our habits, our environment. Chocolate in your mind. On a molecular level, flow state has a signature expressed in five key brain chemicals, norepinephrine, dopamine, and endomide, serotonin, and endorphins. Each time we enter this zone of magic where aha moments happen at a much higher rate, our brain is showered with this, uh, is showered with these chemicals of flow, these five chemicals. Chocolate is one of few foods that stimulates all the five brain chemicals of flow. It either has the building blocks for these chemicals, or it makes our brain create more of them due to the hundreds of phytochemicals chocolate contains, or chocolate compounds um, help flow chemicals to stay in the brain for longer. Um, All the avenues of flow-boosting effects that chocolate produces are unclear yet. Chocolate is one, and basically only besides black truffles, of the richer sources of what researchers nickname a bliss molecule, anandamide. Our brain naturally creates a lot of anandamide when we are in flow states. By eating chocolate in the form of chocolate bars, hot chocolate, cacao, etc., we can intentionally boost levels of this bliss molecule. Chocolate additionally has compounds that make bliss hang around longer. Anandamide doesn't have a long brain life of action. It dissipates quickly. Anandamide 
binds to the same receptors as active compounds in marijuana do, by the way. Receptors that are present not just in the brain, but throughout our whole body and are a part of the endocannabinoid system that reduces anxiety, helps our body and mind cope with stress, produces feelings of happiness and pleasure. Anandamide affects our memory, sleep, appetite, and pain receptors, among other important processes. Another huge benefit of chocolate, that richer source of anandamide, this bliss molecule, is increased blood circulation to the brain, linked to any state of high performance. Better brain and mental health, prevention of cognitive decline, memory formation, and learning abilities, productivity, and chocolate. So, till this point, you also learned, guys, that chocolate is... Um, one of the very few, I don't actually know another food like that, that either has building blocks or stimulates production of all the brain chemicals present in the flow state. Productivity in chocolate. Although many entrepreneurs, high-performance executives, and innovative leaders are known for looking into nootropics and smart drug substances to increase their cognitive capacities, not many are known for their love of chocolate. I see it as one delicious oversight. Most of the nootropics and brain-enhancing substances available are a miss, not a hit. Medications that people use to deal with ADG, brain fog, distractions, and anxiety have serious side effects. And yet chocolate, a psychoactive substance that has proven brain-enhancing effect, has for the most part been forgotten and neglected. I partially blame this on the candy industry, which has robbed the true chocolate of its brain goodness. In certain studies, chocolate has been found to have significant positive effects on many brain states brain health factors, cognitive performance, memory, learning, preventing cognitive decline, and even boosting gut health as a prebiotic prebiotic substance. The kind of chocolate that produces the most benefits is 75-85% cacao bars. The higher the percentage, the better it works. In the United States, the minimum requirements for anything to be considered chocolate is 10% cacao in the European Union, 25%, and in the UK, 20-24% for milk chocolate. Cacao beans are expensive, which is why many candy producers try to minimize the cost of the product by using glass. Only sugar and other non-food additions make it a brain disaster, not a brain booster. I'm talking about regular candy that some people consider chocolate. So if you say, oh, my kids love chocolate. No, your kids love sugar because most of the chocolate candy has very little of active compounds. I'm talking about the darkest stuff, guys. I'm using 100% and that's probably what you want to use for the effects that chocolate might have on your brain and your flow states and creativity. Mayan, Aztecs, you know, uh, tribes that, highly developed tribes that lived in the region of Mexico and uh, surround areas like Belize, who called chocolate foods of the gut, they used the bitterest cacao powder they, you know, they had. They didn't have any sugar, well, at least to my knowledge, uh, they didn't sweeten it. They made this cacao hot drink that was bitter, that was with spices and herbs, and they gave it to shamans, and that's what was called foods of the god, not some chocolate candy, right? So your kids love sugar, not real chocolate. Um, I also know that from experience, I don't have kids of my own, but I have nephews, three of them, and 
when I give them 100% chocolate, they spit it out. <laughs> so believe me, your kids do not like what I recommend for flow states and productivity. Chocolate flow recipe. When I ran out of chocolate this morning, I went to my cacao, I went to my cacao dealer, a local coffee chocolate shop in Playa del Carmen, Mexico, where I am by the way, to get my flow fix. A 10 ounce or 300 grams, 100% cacao bar. This bar usually lasts me for 10 days. About 30 minutes before the beginning of my writing session, I consume half an ounce of chocolate or 30 grams or 15 grams. And then I usually consume another 15, somewhere in between. About an hour into my writing, I consume the same amount again to finish strong. So again, about half an ounce of 15 grams before my writing, 30 minutes or any work that requires creative flow. And then about like 90 minutes after that or an hour into that, I consume another 15 grams. I also consume chocolate for any activity that requires me to be creative, productive, collaborative, open-minded, or flexible, such as putting together a presentation pitch, brainstorming strategies for developing my brand, looking into new avenues to deliver my coaching, or even going for a dance class. Chocolate also helps with memory and learning, so I have a piece of dark chocolate before Spanish class as well. A chocolate booster for your next team's brainstorming session. That's, guys, if you have a team, if you are an entrepreneur working with maybe co-founders or partners, then consume chocolate together so you're both in the best state to produce the most amazing insights together. When helping companies to create a better brainstorming experience and boost the culture of innovation, I always recommend including dark chocolate in the process because of all the aforementioned history and research data. If you have a space dedicated to group brainstorming or innovation activities, place some dark chocolate at the entrance with a poster on its brain benefits. Having a solution-oriented problem-solving Zoom session with your team? How about sending everyone some dark chocolate and collectively microdosing before the session? I'm talking about chocolate, of course. I remember volunteering for one of Seth Godin's events in New York City a few years back. At one of the breaks towards the end, I saw uh, Seth looking a bit tired. Speaking for hours at any interactive event or workshop can definitely be exhausting for the mind. I happened to have a 100% dark chocolate bar with me, so I offered it to him. He replied, just what I needed, and happily proceeded to eat half of a two-ounce bar on the spot. It's up to you what to do with this information. You can disregard it, not believe it, and brush it off as a non-essential. Or you can try something that's been used by humans for thousands of years. Test it out and see what happens. Any brain state is conditioned by a bunch of molecules circulating in our brain at any given point in time. You can wait for the lucky moments when chemical elements come together naturally to produce the elusive state of flow that we often crave. Or you can design for it. And hack. Do we really need another reason to eat more chocolate? Yeah, so I'm quite proud about this article. It came out fun and I posted it on LinkedIn and people were commenting. They're like, I'm all in. Yeah, you don't need to give people another reason to eat chocolate, right? But again, I would like to, to make again a good point about the kind of chocolate matters. I'm not chocolate. I'm not talking about chocolate candy with a bunch of sugar and very little cacao. I'm talking about the darkest stuff, right? 100% is ideal. Or at least 
like I would say 85, go for 90, 95, guys, that the stuff that works, right? Um, and that's it, guys. The link is the link. The article is linked in the show notes. So read this article. Use chocolate for yourself. The right kind of chocolate again with your team, um, with your partners, co-founders, anyone who you want to be more creative in the flow and use it for yourself. Again, it also um, stimulates the areas of memory and learning. And um, maybe it's a fun fact, maybe not, but it's been published actually in Good uh, Magazine. Um, the fact that countries with the most Nobel laureates seem to be consuming the most chocolate per person, like Switzerland, right? Even though they don't grow their own chocolate beans for some reason, they eat the most of it and come up with quite a lot of uh, Nobel laureates. So anyhow, guys, eat the right kind of chocolate, get into flow, get in the zone faster, better, stay there more consistently and produce some awesome work that makes a ripple that creates a dent that changes the world and makes it better for all of us, right? So chocolate, (laughs) I'm a huge fan. If you have any questions about chocolate, please reach out, read the article linked in the show notes. And guys, you'll hear from me again next Saturday and Sunday. First thing in the morning, the episode's going to be available where I'm going to give you all the recent updates from the world of Uh, brain nutrition, brain productivity, brain performance, and neuroscience-based design of your environment, your rituals, to be your most awesome self on demand when you most need it. Thank you guys for tuning in, for listening, and till next time, eat more chocolate.